Okay, Mike, uh, now my second story about uh, encounter with an ejection seat was a successful ejection. And uh, this was, I was in, uh, I was an instructor pilot in Libya. We were seconded from Pakistan Air Force to the Libyan Air Force. They had newly acquired these uh, mirages, uh, a lot of mirages, actually. I think at that time, it was the largest uh, single contract or something like 80 mirages they bought uh, they had mm. uh, new oil wealth and stuff. And this was, I, I, I went there in 1973. And uh, so I was, again, I was not very old. And I was uh, born in 49. So I was still, I think, 1973, I was about 25 or something like that. So I was there and I was flying uh, a dual-seater Mirage. And I, just, uh, in, I was in the rear seat. And the front seat was a Egyptian uh, pilot. And... Uh, who had uh, Egyptian Air Force was training with the Libyans. They were quite close at that time. And they had come from the MiG-21s. They were all MiG-21, Egyptian MiG-21 pilots converting onto the uh, Mirages. So uh, there was a young Egyptian uh, captain in the front seat. I was in the rear seat. And we went up and uh, near Tripoli. Uh, our base was in Tripoli uh, itself in the capital. And uh, lovely, lovely airfield. It was old uh, Vilas Air Force Base. No, sorry. Yeah, it was, I think, called Vilas Air Force Base. It was renamed uh, Okba Bin Nafa. Anyway, so this is a, a very nice uh, base. So we took off one fine morning and a single-seat Mirage, a friend of mine flying there, the Pakistani uh, pilot, and me with this Egyptian uh, student. Uh, we, uh, so we took off uh, together information. We went to the training area which is south of Tripoli, about uh, 150 miles or so. And um, we climbed up and we did a few. Uh, so it was basically uh, to uh, familiarize the, these guys. They had done their dual rides. They were uh, qualified on the Mirage, but to give, uh, give some air combat uh, maneuvering uh, practice. And like starting with the tail chase with other airplane, and then you progress into he gets up on perch and he does a quarter attack and all that, you know, good, good stuff. So we, we were doing that. And now these uh, uh, pilots uh, would come from the MiG-21. They, I don't know for what, whatever reason, of course, they were all Soviet uh, trained. Mm. And uh, they, uh, at that time, uh, I'm sure things have changed since then. They were not into air combat, uh, ACM, like, Dog fighting uh, no. wasn't uh, one one of their uh, things. They were uh, uh, so, uh, and they were very hesitant to slow the airplane and to you know they. So in the Mirage Three, we had we used to have these angle of attack lights. They're like uh, traffic lights. Uh, uh, it's called the Adamar lights, green, amber, and red. So it uh, and as you your angle of attack increase either in high G or as you reduce the speed, so the, the from green, which is normally when you're in level flight, it would go to amber, and as the nose kept uh, uh, being raised, it would go to then red, and red was like you're coming close to your alpha max, or you know, stall speed. So, and they used to, when, when they used to be the, uh, uh, in amber, flickering red, they'd ease the stick forward and, you know, kind of, uh, so uh, the thing was, we, I was trying to uh, show him that no, nothing happens. And so we got into 
again a scissors situation, slow speed <laughs> scissors at altitude. We are about, I think we must have been about 27, 28,000 feet. I don't remember exactly. So we got into slow speed scissors with this single seat Mirage, a friend of mine flying it, very good, very able pilot. And so we, we, we did a few of these, uh, you know, reversing turns, trying to make the other guy overshoot. That's in a, in a scissor, slow speed scissor. That's the idea that you reduce your speed, let that guy overshoot, and then match his turns with, uh, with you and put your sight on him and shoot him down. So we, we once we, we were at a pretty high angle of attack, we crossed right behind the other Mirage and he was in full afterburner, so were we. Oh. And maybe maybe at about 300 feet or something, we crossed right behind him. And his full jet blast hit uh, our airplane. And it just buckled up, like, you know, bucked up like a rhino or uh, not like a, those uh, uh, rodeo horses. And it went to this spin. Oh. And so, you know, and we were we were at altitude, we were about at least 26, 27,000 feet. So he said, oh, we are spinning. I said, okay. And the Mirage spin was a very straightforward, all you did was neutralize the controls, neutralize the neutralize controls in full in-spin ailerons. So, and, you know, it would just turn from a spin, it will go into a spiral. So I said, okay, recover. So he did that, and I was following him on the controls, and it kept spinning. And uh, the only thing I noticed was that it wasn't like uh, the normal erect spin in a Mirage. This is a dual-seater, and the book, whatever our training had been, was that the, there's no difference between a dual-seater spin characteristics from the single-seater. Anyway, so... But I noticed that it's more like a, the nose of the aircraft was almost staying on the horizon. We are spinning, and it was not uh, normally it oscillates about 30 degrees below and then comes back up 30 or 20 degrees. So it's a oscillating nose while it's spinning the normal erect spin. This was almost on the horizon. It was a strange kind of thing. So I, I, as I told him to apply the uh, controls again to recovery. He put uh, full in spin ailerons. We're still spinning. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I have the controls. And I tried the same thing again. And uh, we're still spinning. Nothing happening. The airplane is, you know, the controls seemed totally lifeless. And the engines were running. We had, I'd put the throttle to idle. And then engine was running. And so now uh, we are approaching uh, 10,000 feet. And so I told him, I remember his name, Khaled. I said, and all the, this time, then I could see his hands no. on the on the face line uh, thing because I'm slightly higher than him and looking forward. Now in the Mirage, in the dual seater Mirage, there's no automatic firing of the seats. The, it, both individually have to pull the uh, handles to activate the uh, firing mechanism, except they said that the rear person must eject first because the blast of the front person ejecting front seat, because it goes backwards and upwards. It's not a straight up. Right. So that could burn, the, the uh, rocket uh, blast could burn the rear seat occupant. So I was, I told him, I said, okay, I'm going to eject and you eject after me. But the moment I was talking to him and I said, I'm going to eject, he went, pow, he pulled it. And so, you know, I must have 
closed my eyes or something. Nothing happened to me. I didn't get burnt or anything, which, you know, thank God. And uh, so I, I opened, uh, you know, I opened my eyes and I could see that we are still spinning. So I said, eject, eject. You know, I thought he's still in there. The canopy is gone, but he's probably still there. So I kept, I said a couple of times very quickly, I said, Khaled, eject, eject. And then I said, hell with you. And I pulled the handle and my seat fired. So it was beautiful, this Martin Baker. I think it was Mark 9 or 10. Uh, I don't remember. Or maybe 10 came later on. It was a, a good seat. I remember it was the first time, I think, on the seat you could put the pilot weight. You crank in the pilot oh, weight okay. so yeah. reduce your uh, back injury. Anyway, so I ejected. Seat separated fine. And before I knew, I was in the parachute hanging and I could see the airplane hit the ground it was really? a, it's a yeah it's a desert over there where our training area was but it's not a sandy desert it's all uh, kind of rocky and uh, you know stony stony desert nothing nothing growing there absolutely desolate place so I, I looked down and I saw the airplane hit the ground almost right below me and uh, and uh, uh, light up in fire then I, I thought my god he's you know it's quickly flashed I, I was sure that this guy's in there and he's gone. But then I looked up at my risers to see if everything's okay. And I saw his parachute way up there coming down. So I said, oh my God, that's, <laughs> that's, that's good. So he had ejected because he had ejected about three, four turns before I had ejected. So he was way uh, above me. Anyway, I pulled my risers to avoid, uh, uh, you know, landing in the in the burning wreckage. And I landed pretty close to it, actually. I, Heaved on that, landed over there, and I uh, now I uh, you know parachute collapsed. Thank God, not in the fire of the airplane. And uh, now he came and landed on the other side of the airplane of the burning wreckage. So I opened my uh, thing and I ran across to to him, and he was li lying there lifeless. His parachute had collapsed there, and he was absolutely lifeless. And I went there and I saw and I shook him and he yelled out because he had actually broken his uh, left leg. Oh. Complete snap oh. from the shin. Yeah, it was, it was really grotesque. I could see the blood come out oh, on his G-suit and all. Now, that was on the landing. He had obviously broken it with the landing. And uh, so, he, you know, he yelled out and I then I saw I opened his uh, G-suit and I tied a tourniquet on, on his, uh, above his knee to stop the bleeding. It had just snapped, you know, like, uh, and uh, now we are out in the desert. The single seat Mirage, my friend, we could see him orbit on top. So he gave a, a exact ground position to the radar that this is where the, these guys have uh, done. So I was sure so very soon we were going to uh, be picked up. And now this guy was coming to and uh, passing out again. It must be must be in really excruciating pain. Mm. I with a you know with a uh, parachute uh, cords I had tied it. So now we are sitting here. We have nothing, uh, no water, no nothing. Even in in the in the survival kit that uh, in in the thing I found some uh, I found a morphine injection. So I gave him that. Ah. And he uh, he kind of uh, went to sleep. Now we would you believe we, we, I heard 
helicopters. I, the noise of helicopters, I said, oh my God, that's pretty good. So I heard the noise of the helicopters, but obviously they had been patrolling somewhere else looking for us. Ah, and then, then the noise went away after about half an hour or so. Then I saw a C-130 on a search pattern. Didn't, didn't come towards us. And I was you know, saying, what the... So we had these uh, emergency uh, walkie uh, radio, but they, they, they had no batteries in them because these airplanes had recently been ferried from France to, to Libya. And in some of this, uh, the survival things that we should have had uh, other equipment like medication or other, we had wooden blocks that they had put for the ferry or they had sent them separately. Anyway, so I made a kind of a, uh, shelter uh, with a parachute for him. We were picked up finally around sunset. We had ejected about 12 o'clock noontime. Wow. And about around sunset, the helicopter finally found us and came and landed and took us. Unfortunately, they had to uh, amputate his uh, left leg. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't. And uh, they actually flew up to Germany and they did the amputation over there. They said if, the, if he had been picked up earlier, they could have probably saved his leg, but it was a pretty bad thing. So that was my happy uh, ejection, successful one, thanks to Martin Baker. Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of follow-up questions here to hear. So first of all, when you went up for that, uh, you were doing the roll and scissors and stuff uh, like that. Were you uh, a clean jet or did you have tanks on as well? We had tanks on. We had, you know, in the Mirage, there was, it's been a long time, but I think I still remember we had, large like ferry tanks there were 1300 liters or something each big bulky tanks and then there was something called supersonic tanks which were i think around 70 liters each or something they were far more streamlined and narrower and thin. i uh, i think we had uh, 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 supersonic uh, tanks on, on our airplane i think the other airplane had uh, 1300 but i don't know that i don't remember the configuration but uh, yep and, uh, and just just a, a, a note here, Mike, you know, after my accident, initially, they blamed me for the accident. I kept saying that it wasn't a normal direct spin, it was a flat spin. And even from the helicopters, we, we, later on, a few days later, we took pictures. The airplane, when it hit the ground, it, there was no forward speed at all. Mm. So it had hit the ground and it had stayed in just that one place. The, you so know, it, it, yeah, so there was, uh, it was complete flat spin coming down like a, you know, falling leaf. And the, uh, uh, on the wreckage, it had broken from behind the uh, cockpit. It was twisted about 30 degrees, but the whole plane was intact. There was no, uh, nothing, you know, normally in a, in a, in a crash site, I've seen a few, that you know, there's a, some dragging of the airplane because there's some forward speed. Mm -hmm. There was no forward speed at all. So my contention was that this uh, this was uh, unrecoverable flat spin, and the book said that there was no difference. And fortunately for us, it was a, a couple of Mirage Dasso uh, uh, Dasso pilots, test pilots, few weeks after my accident, ejected out of a flat spin in a dual a dual seater. Mm -hmm. So then they reduce the ADMR, uh, the angle of attack limits on the dual-seater Mirage versus the single-seater Mirage. So I was absolved of the... Of the wow. Uh, by, yeah. 
criminality. So, uh, yeah. So when you, you, you know, you heard the helicopter and saw the C-130, was there no smoke and fire from the wreckage to say, oh, it must be over there, or was it go, gone by then? Yes, it it, it burnt uh, down because this was, I'm talking about six hours after, more than six oh, hours right. after right. it rejected. But then I was surprised because I could hear the helicopter uh, soon, well, maybe an, uh, an hour after we rejected, I could hear the helicopter, but he should have seen us, you know, especially in the desert, uh, the visibility should be okay. I don't know. They didn't, obviously, they didn't see us, spot us. And uh, so, uh, yeah, they didn't see the fire. The fire burnt out pretty quickly, actually. Mm. And uh, because these were maybe the, these were the smaller tanks and they, we didn't have much fuel left by the time this thing happened. Yeah. Mm. So when you were on the ground, obviously, for that amount of time, um, were you, like, nervous, anxious? Like, are they going to find us? Or were you completely calm? How, how was your mood? I was nervous. I was scared, actually. <laughs> right. I, was, I was scared for myself also. And I was, uh, more, more than that, Mike, I was worried, worried about this guy, you know, uh, my, my friend, uh, the Egyptian uh, pilot. And because he was... Coming to inches, and I made a kind of make do uh, uh, jewelry rigged uh, kind of tent with the parachutes, but it was very, very hot. It was very hot in the desert, and he was coming to, and you know, he would say something and he, he would uh, pass out again. And so I was thinking maybe, you know, I, I, I was nervous about him, and I was actually uh, getting very agitated because why can't they pick us up? Because my mm. the single seat Mirage, my friend, he had, he had orbited right on top of us, and he had uh, probably told them that I can see two parachutes, so they're okay, or, you know, given them some kind of a report. And the, and the radar, should, and they had a very good radar cover in, in Libya at that time. So they, they should have pinpointed the exact location, yeah, yeah. and yet they couldn't. So, but uh, thank God, you know, it was getting, it was getting uh, evening, and I was worried that if night falls, and, you know, then uh, we'll be done for. But they found us uh, but almost uh, dusk time and they came and landed a uh, helicopter and took us back to the base. Yeah, yeah. Nice stuff. So last question, I'm going to ask all the guests. Did you get a, a bit of the aircraft or your helmet from that um, ejection? I've got, I've got the face blind handle. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've got that. Actually, uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's the only, only thing I've got uh, from the wreckage. From the stuff well to hear thank you very much for sharing that and i'm glad you landed safely unfortunately for your pilot but still um yeah still alive which is great but uh, thank you very much for sharing your story nice story to you mike cheers mm -hmm.